everyone. Welcome to Nerds of a Feather, a place where nerds flock together to talk about all things fun, creative, and nerdy. I'm your host, Parker Randalls. I'm your co-host, Mark Williams. And I'm your co-co-host, Noah Helsey. Thanks for joining us. All right, everyone. This week, we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons. That's right. Every nerd. (laughs) I heard that was demonic. (laughs) <laughs> no aunt karen it's not demonic it's also, the best aunt karen so is eastern christmas so chill <laughs> <laughs> it's the most fun you and your 20 something friends can have together uh you know without actually having fun no i'm just kidding D's the best <laughs> uh we we've been big fans of it uh going on for three years now and i'm sure some people who are listening Uh, have been fans for much longer than that. So we're really excited to talk about it this evening. Specifically, though, we're going to be talking about our favorite Dungeons & Dragons characters we have ever created. But before we do that, we we understand that not every single person has ever played the game. It's not even sure what it is. The only interaction you might have had is from Stranger Things or from your Aunt Karen telling you it's demonic, right? Or Parks and Rec. Or Parks and Rec, <laughs> that's right. So we want to give um, our, our host, Mark, a little bit of time today just to talk through what the game is, talk about how he got started with it and how he was kind of the, uh, the gateway, shall I say, for all of us to also get involved in the game. So Mark, take it away. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so D&D is a strategy role-playing game. It is either the biggest honor or the biggest shame that you play it. <laughs> It's either one extreme or in some cases it's both. (laughs) It's very divisive and there's a lot of stereotypes behind it. Um, I started playing when I was in high school. Um, Mind you, I was a wrestler, rugby player playing D&D. And so I did not fit the stereotype of a Dungeons and Dragons player at all. Jock! Yeah, I was a jock. I would like to join Jocks Machina if you if you listen to this and you know about Critical Role. That, <laughs> that I'd love to uh, join Jocks Machina because that's me. Anyways, uh, it's a strategy role playing game where you create a character and then you basically inhabit this character and go, uh, go on a story or a journey that the DM creates. The DM is the dungeon master, the guy who runs the game and operates the game and does just controls almost everything. Uh, you have a character sheet and it's all uh, in your head. There's no video screens. There's no nothing. It's like nothing really modern. It's all dice and pens and paper, unless you play online like we do. And then we use uh, systems called uh, there's roll 20. We use D and D beyond for our character sheets just because it makes it a lot easier. So convenient. So convenient. So I played in high school and I started in 4E, that terrible edition that no one likes. I started <laughs> there. And like I had like I hit the awkward period of like 3.5 was like revered as the best edition ever to be released. Fourth edition, everyone pretty much hated it. Then fifth edition is like the most ease of access for everyone. It is it simplified a lot of things, but also still created a lot of depth in it. I played in high school, uh, just off and on. I played a ranger, a half-elf ranger. No, a wood-elf ranger. Yeah. And there, then, 
moved to college, that group ended, and I played off and on through college. I played uh, a half-orc bard, but which inspired me for another half-orc bard, which I'll talk about later. Uh, and then I just say, played some. I played like a Cyclops Barbarian once because okay. the dude allowed home homebrew, so I did that. Um, and so I ended up living with Noah and our buddy Randy, and we. Uh, I was talking about D and D, and I was like watching Critical Role at this time because I just saw it. I'm like, yes, finally, Kant. Mark, maybe tell everyone a little bit about what Critical Role is. So Critical Role is a group of voice actors, uh, as they say, a group of nerdy-ass voice actors who play Dungeons & Dragons, and uh, they stream it on Twitch. And so it's one of the best-produced D&D shows on Twitch, and it's very um, well done. Again, they're all voice actors, so their accents, whatever they choose, how they deliver their character is so well done. And like it has one of the best stories. Uh, Matt Mercer is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant storyteller. Um, I'd highly, highly recommend checking out Critical Role season one. I haven't really listened to season two, but I've also heard it's really good. Um, but that that was the gateway. I started watching that, and then Randy started watching it uh, as well. And then I just started talking about D and D some more, and started talking to it about Noah and uh, talking to it who noah and he was pretty hesitant at first <laughs> i thought it was stupid i was like why would we do that that sounds really dumb I was, I was not on board <laughs> just talk to each other acting like we're stuff yeah that's crazy now we do it once a week minimum <laughs> <laughs> uh and so started trying to get convince them to start playing and i'll be like look i'll be the dungeon master i'll i'll run the game you guys just create a level one character because everyone has to start at level one if you're starting out just it's the rules even though typical kind of sucks but and in typical noah fashion i wrote like a five page backstory where my character like defeated a demon lord or something ridiculous a like dragon. that with a level one a level one a dragon which a level one character could never actually do so and I tried to convince him, like, oh, he can't do that. And Noah was like, yeah, he can. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I'm, like, I wasn't trying to be too picky because I was like, I just want them to start playing. Huh. Noah's logic was like, uh, yeah, we're all going to be sitting. We're grown adults getting college degrees, all sitting at a kitchen table talking to each other in funny voices. Uh, and the, the guy killing a dragon is the ridiculous part of this. No, <laughs> he killed the dragon. rock. <laughs> I was like, it's a baby dragon, and they dropped a tree on it first. I had this whole explanation for why. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know what a monster sheet was at the time or how to calculate challenge rating or anything of that nature. So understandably, I thought this is no big deal. Now I think it's hilarious because I know how pathetic level one characters are, and they could literally get killed by a squirrel if it rolls a natural 20. Anyway. What's continue. bad is – like I'm probably only like a half level character in real life, so I mean, <laughs> we're talking mad smack at someone that could probably whip my butt in a fight. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so that's like kind of my start with D and D, and that's what D and D is. It's really fun. You can play it as story based or as technical based as you would like. There's a whole range. You can there's again there's Critical Role is a great example. Um, 
Chris Perkins does Acquisitions Incorporated, which is hilarious. Uh, and that's just a really funny example. Like, they're just a funny example of how ridiculous uh, D&D can be. Um, there's some other, like, more serious D&D. Uh, I like to err on the lighter humor, uh, humor side, storytelling side of D&D. But there are some other D&D streams out there that are a lot more serious if you would like to go check it out and watch some actual uh, gameplay. The way I like to explain to people who've never played before is it's like playing a board game, but you can really go anywhere. So when you get into combat, it functions like a board game in that you have a turn, you have a certain amount of things you can do on your turn, you roll dice for damage and different things. You also roll dice for like different ability checks. So like if you're interacting with people within the world and it's like, I want to convince them to give me this potion for half price than the dungeon master would say, or the game master, the names are interchangeable, would say, roll a persuasion check. So that's how I would explain it to someone who's never played before is it's like a board game, but you can kind of go anywhere. And the nice thing is that Wizards of the Coast, which is the company that puts it out, has created so much content yes. that you could you could basically never have to make anything yourself as a D, as a dungeon master. You could just take monsters from here and here and here, or you could use a pre-made adventure, which a lot of people really enjoy. We've always kind of made our own adventures. We'll get into that as we continue talking. But you can – it's already there for you essentially. And so that's how I would explain to someone who's never played before. It's like a board game, but you can kind of go anywhere and do all sorts of things. The The, the – there's kind of a limitless potential to it. So Noah, why don't you talk about your experience getting into D and D and your like hesitancy at first to me asking, Hey, do you want to play D and D? So I'm an author at the time we were first starting. I had just finished my first novel. So I kind of, that was pretty much my only creative outlet. I would say at that point, I'm, I'm not a big video game person. Um, I don't paint or do anything like draw or anything. So for me, I was very hesitant because I thought, well, this is going to take time away from writing and stuff like that. But once I got into it, I realized how much fun it was, and it really did help me to have a different creative outlet that's not quite as draining as writing is. Like I love sitting down and making character sheets and making monster sheets, and I've made lots of different quote-unquote homebrewed things. So... For me, it was I was hesitant at first, but once we started and I realized the communal aspect of it, of like I'm basically getting together with my friends, people I already love, and we're going to go on an adventure together. And when you frame it in that light, there's almost this question of who wouldn't want to do that? Like that's so much fun. Like why wouldn't you want to create a story with your friends? And so D&D really is just like a, like a structure, like a sort of um, gives you some guidelines that allows you to create a story together with your friends. So for us, it all began in a town called Twin, where we, our first three characters, our friend Kat and Randy, who are on this call right now, but we play with often, the three of us were the original party, so to speak. Yes. And we met there and Mark took us on our first adventure. Yeah, so the first adventure was... They every you got to start out in a tavern. You have to. It always starts in a tavern. I think we technically started outside the tavern in the town square, but it was close to a tavern. So it was close to a tavern. Um, they fought off a group of bandits. They met the council. There's a several like 
it was a very quick succession the first few yeah. uh things because i wanted them to experience the whole of DD of like okay this is combat this is role playing this is puzzles this is so the first four or five sessions i don't really remember at this point were like uh, focused on a dis- different aspect of DD, so that way they could see the entire picture of it versus like here is combat you're fighting things and that's it because i think if it was just that i think noah you would not have enjoyed it as much because you did it would have been focused as much as sto- on story I don't know. I love combat. That is like the thing I live for. I'm like, what are we fighting today? We're not fighting anything. Why am I here? So I don't know. <laughs> I, I do like role playing. I'm not saying I don't. I do like telling the story, but I do. The combat for me is like the fun part. I think yeah. also when I write, the combat is often the most tedious part for me to write. So D&D allows me to like explore that more technical side of my brain of like how we're going to defeat this thing. Yeah. Whereas in writing, I want to focus more on the story and stuff, you know? So it's also why I think I enjoy being a player more than DMing at times because I don't know what's going to happen and I don't have to create all my own. I can just show up with my character and just, you know, yeah. be whoever I yeah. am, which is really fun. Um, but I enjoy DMing too. So all this to say, we've been playing for like just a few months. And Parker, uh, I mentioned it to him. We were working a summer job together at the university where we both attended. And I mentioned it to him. I said, we're playing DD. We're having such a good time. And Parker says, hey, would you have room for uh, another another person? Um, which I would say, of course, if it's you, obviously, we always have room for another person. Um, now, three years on, maybe it would have been better if I had said no. But anyway, we don't need to talk about that right now. So, Parker, why don't you tell us about your very first Dungeons & Dragons character? Well, yeah, so I should preference this by saying uh, Noah got into, you know, Mark got into D&D uh, just for, like, he likes games and stuff, and Mark's always been a big game player, uh, tabletop. Um, I played Magic the Gathering, and I was, I'm every Friday I went to the game shop to play Magic the Gathering, and I saw these people playing D&D, and I was like, I want to play. That's literally how I started. Exactly. So Mark's always been into games. Noah is a big storyteller. Uh, for me, it was, you know, I can play D&D and like create a character um, or I can go to therapy. So I decided that was the cheaper option. So. <laughs> so my first character I created, his name is Drago Dreadsong and just absolutely the worst character, but he's perfect. He's um, my favorite ever. <laughs> I love him so much. So Drago is a tiefling. If you're sitting there listening, going, a tiefling what the heck is that just picture like hellboy but like satan wouldn't even claim him on his taxes this is how bad this character is <laughs> um and so he's a he's a red tiefling his whole preference is is that he is the world's greatest musician however he has had a curse laid upon him to where only he hears his beautiful music and everyone else hears uh, a dreadful song, hence his Such last name, movie. Dread Song. Um, I spent 10 minutes putting the story to get, uh, together, which uh, in comparison to Noah's five-page story is just shameful. Um, and sadly, his was way better than mine, but we don't need to talk about that right now. <laughs> I'd been a couple beers in, and so... <laughs> but but the kind of the, the joke with the, the character is that 
I did not know how I was going to do this. I mean, like I wanted to try it out, but Noah was like, yeah, you sit at a table, you roll some dice, you kind of just play out this character. And I was like, I've never done stage acting or anything uh, going through high school. Like I was like, I was kind of the same thing in Mark. I was like a three sport athlete. Like I, I, I did not even know how to begin to approach this. So I sit down at the table and I go, okay, what are my worst qualities? Perfect. Uh, Drago has all of those now. Uh, but to me, <laughs> I just maximized it out. And so um, <laughs> I sit down with the character and the first thing I do is these guys are all sitting in this tavern at a table, I think. And I literally just walk up and I go, hi, I'm Drago Dreadsong. I'm the world's greatest musician. And then I burped, threw up a little bit on myself uh, and then had someone hold my loot while I peed in the corner. And that was the first interaction I had. They did not have a chance to even respond to a single word I said. And that was pretty much the character's <laughs> whole thing. In our old house, Mark had a banjo in that only had like two strings on it that were still functioning. It was and so, so out of tune. And it was completely out of tune. And that was Parker's loot, quote unquote. So every session, he would hold this loot in his hands and he would sit <laughs> in between my character, Fuego, and Randy's character, Randolph. And whenever he would have to go P, whether it actually or most of the time just in game, he would hand this banjolin to Randaloth and he would walk over and basically act out himself urinating in the corner while the rest of us were still like trying to like have a you know semi-serious conversation. The first time he started playing the banjolin and singing, I laughed so hard. I had to leave the room and walk all the way to my room because I would have died from asphyxiation because I could not breathe. My entire esophagus it was so like a funny. snake. I was gonna die. He almost killed me because he was so funny. It, it truly a terrible character. I'm so sorry that you know I these are my dearest, most true friends, and I subjugated them to the worst pieces of my personality. But that's kind of the fun of D and D characters, right? You get to you get to create these people or these individuals that in real life, you know, you may be either too nervous to be or too mild manner or too respectful uh, in Drago's case to ever actually be like this. But then you just get to sit down with your friends and just be ridiculous. Like I remember what the first time I actually played the banjo and, you know, I, I wasn't a good friend at all. So of course I actually played it and actually sang. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. And we had the best time and, and Drago, uh, basically his whole story arc, I'm going to, to make a long story short, uh, at the end of it, he ascends to godhood. Oh, truly the worst decision we could have made because he's the god of sarcasm, music, uh, and drunken buffoonery. <laughs> buffoonery. Buffoonery. Uh, buffoonery. Uh, he created a new word, too. So he's truly awful. And sometimes, I'll be honest, just for fun, I just act him out now. Uh, it's truly unhealthy, and my therapist is concerned. But uh, we love Drago. <laughs> Phenomenal character, a lot of fun. And I think that's really part of the fun, you know. Uh, even if you're sitting on the other end going like, ah, you know, I didn't really get to see this character. Go try out D&D &D and get with a group of people that are your friends and are, you know, are cool and want to be silly and want to have fun. Uh, because you're going to get to tell this collective story. You're going to get to create these um, these characters and these people that everyone kind of gets to have a good laugh about. Um, and even if the game's not a whole lot of fun, I guarantee the characters will be. One thing I love about Drago on a more serious, well, on a silly and a serious note, is that from the very beginning he had this ability to fourth wall break like he would make references to things oh within gosh. our world or within other worlds like he would reference the mcu 
or Lord of the Rings or Star Wars. And the other characters in the world would stare, would stare at him like, what are you talking about? No one has any idea what you're talking about. So Parker introduced this just as like a goofy thing, almost like a Deadpool-esque sort of like character vibe. But what became so fun about it was as the story grew, his character ends up being related to my character, who's a half-elf. It was really weird that they like shared a mother and then his dad was a demon. It was this wild thing. So our characters end up actually going on this whole quest to free him from this curse that he's under. And at the end of it, when he ascends to godhood, essentially he takes all of those fourth wall breaks and just takes it to the extreme. So now the idea is that he transcends all worlds and multiverses. It can travel from anywhere. So within our collective consciousness as friends, when Parker says sometimes he'll play him in character, he will make appearances in all sorts of conversations. We'll be talking about something totally unrelated to d Totally random. Totally random. Yeah, totally random. And I'll quote Drago, say, and then Drago does this, and then Fuego does this, and, and like Drago will enter the conversation even if Parker himself isn't even there. So his this character that he created, this really goofy thing, became something that we all sort of treasured together as a as a group. And so even when Parker's not around, Drago is always with us. So we'll always have a part of him with us. And I think yes. that's beautiful. Truly, it is my legacy that I have left probably the it's most... It's the worst awful. parts of Parker, but he's still with us. So, you know what? I'll take it. If that... Uh, if it gives the listener, you all, the audience, any sort of insight into what kind of friend I am, I, I sat down one day and I said, what is the one thing I want to leave with my friends? And I said, oh, yes, of course, my worst like character traits. And so, <laughs> but it, it's I, a lot of fun. But I think I, that's where the phrase uh, don't even worry about it was born. It is. But- and it's where we got in an order that might surprise you. All of that happened, came together at the same basic time. And so, so many inside jokes were spawned by Drago. That sounds weird, and I love it. Yeah, and it's like one of those things, you know, like for you, the listener, you're sitting there going like, what do they mean by don't even worry about it? I I would tell you. Don't even worry about it. Literally, don't even worry about it. Don't be concerned with that. Go make your own stories. Go try out D&D. It's a lot of fun. Go get with a group of friends, even if it's just you and one other person. Go have a good laugh. Go try it out. Go be silly in your living room. Uh, for an evening you will not regret it you you'll always look back and go even if you don't like it you'll look back and go remember that time we tried D and that's really the point of all yeah. games it's just to create a story to ha- have fun with people and create memories um but i think we've given drago uh, too much time <laughs> never, enough. never enough time mark let's talk about the character oh, yes. introduction of all time Drago's was grotesque, but this is actually hilarious. Mark, tell us about your favorite character you have ever made. So that was our first campaign that I was DMing. And so we started, wanted to create a second campaign. So like, man, I really wanted to be a player again, just because there's something I like DMing because I like to create the story. I like to know what everything happened, see the other people's reaction. But there's something so special about being a player and not knowing what is coming your way and not knowing like, oh, we are about to fight a vampire pirate called the Pirate King. A vampire. Yes. <laughs> and so I wanted to be a player again. And so Randy, our friend Randy, uh, was the DM. And I came up with this character. As I mentioned before, I was a half-orc bard, but I only played like two sessions with that character. And I'm like, I really want to like try him again i forget what level we start i think we start at level five yeah 
yeah so i was like i was like man i really want to try that combination again because i think it's just hilarious like it's there's something about it that's just like so weird and off because half orcs are supposed to be this big muscly person but then he's a bard so um i created my favorite character gothak bullsack <laughs> oh i forgot about that i forgot his last name until you just now just you about to say it. so his intro to his entire backstory is like hello my name's gothak bullsack from the Balsack clan. You can probably tell how we got that name. It's because of our huge nipples. <laughs> and that's how I introduced the entire the character to everyone. It's pretty amazing. We had so, to pause the game for 10 minutes so that I could get Noah breathing treatment because he was <laughs> <laughs> It's a really good thing that you took that CPR certification during summer uh, summer work because I don't think I would have made it. Yes, everyone gets CPR certified. It, it's very important. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so he was he started out three levels of fighter due to his backstory. Um, he Where was he curb stomped a child. That's yeah, a thing that happened. That is a thing that happened. Uh, but he was basically grew up in a gladiator arena to keep the orc tribes at peace. And he was denominated from his tribe, the champion, and he was undefeated. It was a whole thing. Uh, but he grew up a fighter. Uh, he eventually ran away because he hated fighting. He ran away and uh, went and found a halfling uh, town and he just passed out. And the biggest thing was he kept hearing music, music, I hear music. And basically what that related to him was freedom and joy. And so he passed out at this halfling town um, and that's where he became a bard for the rest of his uh for two levels until we until we started playing eventually he left and he ended up they we could start with one magical item i chose the deck of many things huh. which is a legendary item in no fifth level well no character that mark's controlling should ever have access to but especially not a fifth level character <laughs> if you so, haven't played dnd &D, the deck of many things is essentially you literally have a deck of cards, so like playing cards, and on you know, Wizards of the Coast is published when you pull a certain card from this deck, they have set so you pull a jack of hearts or whatever, they have written already what that card does. And it's everything from ridiculous stuff like you get an entire castle with the castle is populated by monsters to like you have to fight like an evil clone of yourself. Or what Mark will reveal later on, what happens to Barthak. So you can get uh, magical items. You can get like all these, like there, but there's more negative things than there are positive things. So we keep, so we ended up started playing. He ended up going College of Swords, which just released around the same time we started playing him. That was in, oh, wasn't that Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes? Was College of Swords was in? Yes. So Mordenkainen's no, Xanathar's just, Guide to Xanathar's Guide to Everything. That's it. Sorry. Xanathar's just came out, and I was like, "Ooh, College of Swords." That's it, because that kind of pairs the fighter with the um, uh, bard. Because College of Sword basically means he can do sword tricks, but also fight with it. So uh, I created him, and eventually, as the story goes on, uh, he pulls a deck from the card because him and one other person agreed to do that because he's always asking everyone want to pull a card and so um 
he eventually pulls one, and Garthak goes to Garthina because the card he pulled changed his sex. And the only way to undo it was with a ninth level, which is the highest level you can get, Wish Spell. And there's a, there's a whole magic system. You guys don't worry about Just know when we say ninth level, that's basically like at the end of the game when you're the highest le- like level character you can be. That's when, or like pretty close, that's when you start to get access. So basically, where we had started at, there was no way we could change it. No, but nobody could fix it at all. So it was just perfect the way it was going to be. And it so, was hilarious. Garthak kept his voice, kept yes. talking like this the entire game, but was now a woman, a uh, half orc, which yes, was just yes. fantastic. Uh, so Garthak ended up dying in that campaign. RIP. RIP. Uh, and we were in a very dangerous uh, area. So. He ended up getting dropped in a pit of acid, so his remains would not exist anymore, so he could not come back as something that could be harmful. Because I think we were fighting vampires at that time. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I wanted to try to, like, get rid of any chance of him coming back. And basically, um, his last line was, uh, death is an old friend and I welcome him dearly. And but he said it in halfling because he basically grew up from the halfling like goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> uh so he like found joy and happiness when I really liked him because he like really embodies me. I didn't realize it at the time, but he was like this big muscly guy, but had a completely like lighthearted side to him. And at that time I was powerlifting, I was about two hundred pounds, so in powerlifting, doing all this stuff, I was vegan i was in the art college i there's a lot of like things that didn't like make sense but like they were me and so garthak was also was kind of like the D representation of me and that's one thing i think that i love about D too is that you get to see different aspects of your friends personalities uh, sometimes in a horrifying way like drago and other <laughs> times like titus another one of parker's characters it embodies this really like honorable general sort of character. And as Parker's friend, for example, I see both of those things within him. Like I can see that noble like leader, but also the guy who wants to have fun. So that's one thing I really like about it that Mark just alluded to is that you get to see different aspects of characters. You get to see the the fun parts and also some of like the darker parts. And um, yeah, like Parker said, if you're going to DM, you basically are going to become a group counselor. And, you know, that's just a part of the thing that you sign up for. You don't realize that's what you're signing you up for. You don't realize it at start, the time. That's what happens. Or if you're really think- DM, you just uh, mess with them. So you don't counsel anyone. You just make it worse. And then you send them home after two hours. It's perfect. It's <laughs> <laughs> like making a sort of mimic. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to anyone who doesn't know D&D. But someone's <laughs> listening and does, so that's fine. Um, one thing I love about D&D that I wanted to highlight before, I, as I talk about my character, is the group world building that we did. So Mark's character, Mark, we, I mean, it, we literally did start out in a town called Twin and there was really nothing much else to it. Like he, that he basically started with a really simple idea. I basically start out with a simple idea and built the world as they explored it. Yeah. And as we went later into the campaign and we started thinking about starting a second one 
what happened was kind of simultaneously I was saying, well, I really want to play my character, my current character's son, like 40 years in the future after the end of our campaign, which I have since apologized to Mark for totally hijacking the story, but I don't feel bad about it because so much good came from it. Anyway, at the same time, Parker is developing an entire empire just on his own time based on like D&D races and things, but within this same continent that we were living in, which is called Arconia. So all of these things are happening together. I remember sitting in my senior year class where I'm supposed to be taking notes on Western movies, editing Leanda, which is the name of the empire that Parker created. And it was such a beautiful thing because what Randy had to offer and what Parker had to offer, what Mark and Kat and Emily at the time and Kyle and some of our different friends and I, we, it all kind of came together and we created something like really, really fun. And so it grew from this literally one town that we didn't know anything about into this whole world that had this history and had these different factions and different empires and different people groups. So when it came time to do our second campaign, I started playing my character's son, which was fun. But I also started developing on the side this idea that I had for a lion-humanoid mix. So if you've ever seen Zootopia, imagine the mayor, Lionheart, but like awesome instead of a coward. Like, so imagine him, but nothing like him. But like physically, you know, if he was animated, looks something like that. So I start developing this race called Lionborn as a part of this whole thing that I'm doing. And I decide to name my character Tiger, even though he clearly looks like a lion, has a golden mane, no stripes, anything. But as a joke, I decided to name him Tiger. He's a druid, so he draws on wisdom to have like nature magic. He can turn into different sorts of animals and beasts um, as a part of his class abilities. And what was so cool about it was that even though it wasn't even a part of our main campaign in the beginning, it took on a life of its own. So I'm creating this. I'm trying to get Randy to let me play two characters at once. I'm like, Randy, you got to let me bring Tiger. And I've spent all this time on him. You know, this is like the end of 2017 too. So this is, we haven't even been playing for that long. And Christmas time comes around and I go, hey, you all want to come hang out at my house? And Mark says, well, I think, no, you should DM because you've never DM for us. And I just want to know what that would be like. Um, he's since regretted that. and he Worst decision of my life. Worst, <laughs> just like when I said Parker should join us. It's the worst decision that Mark ever made. So <laughs> I create an entire like day. It was supposed to be only one day, but it took like eight hours. It was ridiculously long of a Christmas campaign where we literally fought Santa Claus and then fought against Santa Claus. I went online and find monster sheets for Santa Claus, for Krampus, who's the evil like twin of Santa Claus. Didn't even know he existed before this. Dire mammoths, giant frost giants, all this crazy stuff. And these characters that we had created for this specific one shot is what you call it when you're only playing one session, all came together and Tiger was one of them. So that was the introduction, quote unquote, of Tiger into our world fighting with Santa Claus. As a part of that, Parker creates this character called Iken, who is a monk. Iken is like a gun for hire who then donates all the money that he gets to the poor. So he creates this entire system of these basically mercenaries who have this really specific but also strange moral code where they kill people, but they're bad people, but then they give the money to poor people. It's really strange. They meet each other hanging upside down from a ceiling and you can't see my hands in the podcast, so just imagine he's holding this flyer because Tiger's the person he's supposed to kill, 
and he realizes it's upside down because they're hanging upside down. So he flips it around and he goes, is this you? And basically shows it to him. From that moment on, Iken, every time he looks at any piece of paper, looks at it upside Anything. down. Anything. And a map, a portrait. He starts painting later in the campaign and becomes this amazing painter, but he paints everything upside down. It's not till you turn it all right side up that you realize that it's this masterpiece that he's been creating. And it was like such a simple, silly decision that Parker made that became part of our personal canon that grew. And from that, Iken and Tiger's friendship, we created an entire separate campaign called the Green Blades of Fury because they fought a green dragon and killed it in the very first time they all got together. And they all got swords forged out of that those dragon scales. So they had matching green swords. And that campaign is still going today. Like it's been years since then. And even though our original two campaigns basically ended and we kind of wrote the endings, the Green Blades of Fury, we will still occasionally go back to them and we'll go back and revisit our original characters. They're now all like 20th level and they're basically gods because they're super powerful. And it's so much fun that even though this thing that we created that was kind of a joke in the beginning has now grown into this whole world that we continually go back to. Just a few weeks ago, we did a 20th level battle royale where we got different like the original people and then the second campaign and the Green Blades of Fury all together. And they fought each other in this massive brawl that was eight hours long. And Mark had to leave early because he was he had to go to bed because he had to go to work this morning. And it was so much fun. All that to say, if you start playing D&D, you'll probably end up playing an eight-hour battle royale with your friends till three o'clock in the morning where you're all 20th level characters from three generations. Or you may not. Who knows? And you'll wake up at 7 a.m. and have to go to work, and you'll just look at yourself in the mirror and go, I do not regret this. I will do this again next weekend. <laughs> true. People are calling you saying you have a problem, and then you're like, I don't need to go to therapy. I have d and Go to therapy. It's important. <laughs> Therapy's good. I love counseling. I have an appointment tomorrow. Everyone should go to counseling. It's wonderful. My point of all saying all that is world building together is really fun. And in the process of creating one character, Tiger, I ended up spawning, you know, his wife. I made his her as a character. And then I made, you know, his entire people group and their tribes and who they were and how they interacted. And then they interacted with the people groups we'd already created in other parts of the continent. And then Iken and the Iron Lilies, uh, the Gunfu monks is what Parker called them. They entered the story because of that. And so the fun part is that I had an idea to do this crazy Christmas campaign as a result of it. Parker made a new character and Mark made a new character and Rain made a new character and they all created stories themselves. So it's an exponential growth factor where one person has an idea and it inspires everybody else to create things. Our second campaign where we fought the vampire, I actually wrote him into my backstory. Like the pirate King was something that I had created and Randy decided to use it as the whole first arc of our campaign where we were fighting this guy. So it's just fun how everything is connected. And something with D&D, like we kind of been joking about it as like using it as therapy, but there's actually like some studies done that D&D is actually really good for uh, people who struggle with uh, social disabilities. And it's actually they've because it helps uh, real time processing in a not in serious way of like decision making. And so there's actually been studies showing for people who. Uh, for people on the spectrum, autism spectrum, it actually helps their critical thinking and actually helps their development of their brain to like function in our society because um, it helps develop those, uh, yeah, those critical thinking parts in their head. Yeah, and 
at the end of the day, it's a fun game. We tell you, the audience, it's something we love. It may not be something you love. You may try it one time and say it's not for me, but we would encourage you. Uh, this episode is about D&D, but it's really not. What it's really about is find something that you and your friends can do together where you can tell a collective story, whether that is playing racquetball every Wednesday night or it is you guys like to play checkers. I don't know. Or if you're like that, you throw together a podcast and just talk about some of the things you love to nerd out about. But do something with your friends where you can tell collective stories. You can enjoy each other's company. Um, it's not a lost art. People are, I think, in some ways disconnected now, but also more connected than ever. And so just enjoy each other's company. Do things together. Have successes. Have laughs. Don't take yourselves too seriously. Uh, and never make a Drago Dread song. Ever. Never. <laughs> So, or do and just see how it turns out. Or do, or do. It is one of those things that's kept us connected, even in the two years that we were taking a break from the podcast, because it's that weekly thing that forces, not forces us, but that inspires us all to get together and do something fun. So, I think it's been a huge benefit to my own emotional and personal health and my creative. I've become more creative. I've spent hours creating all the reindeer for Santa's sleigh. That's something that I did. In fact, I make a promise that when this podcast drops, I'll go and publish all of that stuff. That's still like on my D and D beyond account so that everybody can see it if they want to look at it. And I'll post a link to my homebrew in the discord. But the point is it's something that's enhanced our friendships and kept us connected, even though we haven't all been living in the same area. Perfect. Well, we've gotten to talk a little bit about our favorite D&D characters. Definitely go to the Discord uh, channel. Let us know about your favorite D&D characters, if you've ever made one before. Tell us a little bit about them. If you've never tried it out before, like Noah said, he's going to post a link to D&D, uh, his D&D Beyond homebrew. But also definitely just go check it out, D&D Beyond. Also, you can find um, like free player PDFs on the internet and stuff. And I actually, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I think... Wizards of the Coast will let you get a player's manual for free, right? You they can get you can use a basic rule set. Oh, okay, basic rule set. So it's pretty accessible. It's definitely a free thing, especially right now where we're still kind of working through COVID, still in quarantine a little bit, and you and your friends are looking for something else to try out and do. Go check out D D. Have a great time. Tell us about your stories. Tell us about the fun you have. But Definitely tune in next week because we're super excited about this episode. We're going to be talking about a little show called Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, yes. It's going to be the awesome. The greatest art ever created. Step aside, <laughs> Michelangelo. You've been one-upped. <laughs> it's so good. It's a great TV show. We've heard lots of great things. We've all probably seen at least one or two episodes. I know that everyone here at Nerds R Us has watched the entire series at least Multiple times, maybe even more than that. But what we're specifically going to be talking about is our favorite character and our favorite episode, which is going to be just so painful to figure it's out. Impossible to pick. Oh, it's <laughs> impossible to pick. So if you like listening to us be in pain, definitely tune in next week and check <laughs> out our part of the last airbender, our favorite episodes and our favorite characters. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hey everyone, if you enjoyed the show, be sure to check out our Discord channel. That's where you can connect with other nerds of a feather, have fun conversations, and even suggest your own episode ideas. Discord members will be the first to hear about bonus content, including our soon-to-be infamous pre-show and after-show. If you want to get to know us better and create a community with other nerds, check out the link in the description below. Trust me, you do not want to miss it.